Hello and welcome to the One Hope Podcast, where faith and life connect. A podcast done by One Hope Church in Gig Harbor, Washington. Enjoy! It was a Tuesday evening, September 11th, 2001. I was at our house church gathering that Tuesday night, and uh, I remember as I know those of you who are around at that time too, remember the emotions and the feelings of that day for you. Well, needless to say, we were all a bit distracted from our usual house church gathering. I mean, we went through the motions of it, but but finally, one of our newer members, and she was a newer Christian, uh, and what I love about new Christians is that they just ask the questions that the rest of us are afraid to ask. I mean, we have them, but we're just afraid to ask them. Um, she asked it though. She said, where was God when this happened? Did Satan get one by on God? Did God miss one? What happened? And I immediately gave her an answer. I mean, it just popped in my head and I just blurted it out. And it was perhaps a bit surprising, but I said, Heather, you don't know the half of it. You're not questioning God enough. The real question is not how could God allow so many thousands to die in this terrible tragedy, but How can God allow any of us to die in the first place? Hey, One Up Church and One Up Friends, this is Peter continuing our Bible reading podcast as we read through the books of Luke and Acts during the season of Lent 2023. And at the risk of sounding like a broken record, I'll just say what all of our other fantastic podcasters have said as well. Boy, there's a lot to cover in today's reading. Uh, we're looking at Luke 13 and 14 14 is our reading for today. And I'll just, rather than kind of go over the content of the, those two chapters, I know you'll kind of read it on your own and, and glean. I'll just share what really jumped out for me. And it's it's this opening five verses where basically the big question is, why does God allow bad things happen? Why does God allow tragedy to happen? I mean, it's the very same question that we were asking on September 11th, 2001. Uh, In fact, let me just read these five verses for us. Uh, Luke 13, start verse 1. Now there were some present at that time who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. I mean, what a horrible way to die. But then also just they're, they're, they've been disgraced. And so the big question is, what do, what do they do? They, they, God, there has to be a reason that God allowed this to happen. They must, there must be some judgment on them in some way. But Jesus answered, do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered in this way? In other words, is he, why do bad things happen to people? Is, is it, is, you know, they, they must, you know, we, we asked, why do bad things happen to good people? And, but back then they thought, well, if the bad things happen, they must not have been good people. And Jesus' response is, no, <laughs> they're, they're not any worse sinners than anybody else. But unless you repent, he says, you too will all perish. And he continues, verse 4, or those 18 who died when the Tower of Siloam fell on them, do you think they were more guilty than all the others living in Jerusalem? And he says, I tell you no, but unless you repent, you too will all perish. So he says that, you know, no, they're, they're not worse sinners, but he kind of lumps all together. We're all equally guilty. He doesn't, uh, he says they weren't any more guilty but we're all equally guilty, and so we're all in this place of tragedy. The world is crashing down, and we're all going to go down with it. 
And so we all, as the people on that 9-11, the Twin Towers needed to rescue her, so do all of us. Because the world is going down. I mean, just think about this. I mean, it's just, it, it, again, it's not why did God allow these people to die? It's why does God allow death in the first place? Just think 10 out of 10 people die. I mean, in... <laughs> There are what, 7 billion people on the planet? Or it's probably more than that now. Whatever there is, think about this. In the next 80 or 90 years or so, 7 billion people will die. 7 billion. That's a staggering statistic. 7 billion deaths. And God's going to allow each one to happen, including your own, including mine. And, uh, And so... We all wrestle with this question. It's, there's this bigger question that is really, it's the whole point of the Gospel of Luke because Jesus came to address this tragedy that every human being is going to perish. And there's no hope for any one of us were it not the fact that Jesus came to seek and save the lost. He came as a rescuer. And it's the gospel, and and people are hungering for this answer, uh, to answer to these questions of, of of life and death, and and what do we do with this? And um, when nine eleven happened, uh, you know, the September eleventh, two thousand one, I, I did something that kind of was born out of that conversation with Heather. I've never I did, never had done it before, and I've never done it since. But I wrote a, a track kind of one of those Bible tracts that just you can hand out to people because I felt like people were looking for answers or people were hungering for trying to make sense of it all. And so I just wrote a letter kind of to people who I just assumed uh, were not Christian and maybe didn't even have much of a religious background at all or even knowledge of Christianity much. But I just, um, I kind of, kind of set the stage by talking about 9-11, which had just happened, and and questioning why do these things happen, why do bad things happen. And I just kind of humbly shared it, not not arrogantly, just but just kind of as, as a fellow seeker of uh, the Christian perspective. And I, I kind of gave these four points. You know, you're going to have four points, like the four spiritual laws, of course. So, uh, But these are my four points. I'm not going to read them all but the, the or sh- explain them all. But number one is that the universe is broken. That's a big problem of sin and brokenness in the world. Number two, God has a plan, a plan to f- fix things. And then number three, the name of the plan. The plan has a name. And, of course, the name is, is Jesus. And kind of go into um, how Jesus is the solution. Um, but I end with number four. And number four is you have a choice. And here I just want to read what I wrote, mainly because I'm lazy. And this is easier to read something I've done before than to actually come up with something new. But here's what I read, uh, or here's what I wrote in this track. You probably have heard Christians speaking of our need to be saved. But what does that mean? Saved from what? And saved how? No one analogy can describe what it means to be saved and how, but several together can help us grasp this all-important truth. First, the world is like the Twin Towers on 9-11. Sin and evil have crashed into the world, and the fire is weakening its structure. The world, like the Twin Towers on that fateful day, is doomed. But Jesus has broken into the building and offers you his hand. Come with me, he says. I know a way out of the building before it collapses. However, there is one significant way in which this analogy breaks down. Whereas those trapped in the Twin Towers were innocent victims, we are not. 
The problem is not just with the tower. The problem is with us. In another sense, we are the tower that's collapsing. Sin is the fire that's destroying and weakening our structure. The fire must be put out and the building rebuilt. The moment you recognize that your life is collapsing, Jesus, the great firefighter, will enter the burning structure of your life, put out the fire, and give you a new foundation, making the building of your life safe and secure. But you must allow him to come in and do his work You must cry out to God and let him do what he does best, restore broken lives. And I go on from there. There's more, but essentially that's my my way of saying, why did this happen? Is it because they're more wicked than anybody else, more guilty? No, but unless you repent, you too will all perish. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, it's a hard word hearing you say that, and I never like to hear the even even any time you say that people are going to perish. I, I don't like that, and yet uh, just because I don't like it doesn't mean it's not true. And so we have to accept it that there's people who are going to perish unless they turn to you and repent. Uh, this is real. This is serious. It's why you throughout Luke thirteen and fourteen. Uh, there, there's various places where it just pops up again and again, the reality of the kingdom coming and and uh, and the life to come. Uh, uh, you're constantly drawing attention to the bigger picture. And so, Lord Jesus, I just pray that first for us, we would again just reaffirm uh, that you are our rescuer and that we need, a, we need a Savior and we put our trust in you. But also, Lord, we ask that you would give us the grace to be your hands and feet and voice in this rescue mission, that we would take part in what is the major theme of the book of Luke, and that is that you came to seek and save the lost. May we join you on that mission. In Jesus' name, amen.